Hi everyone, welcome to SAMA, a weekly program which invites experts each week to discuss a topic from their area of expertise. This week we are delighted to have Dr. Elma Jung as our expert to discuss the importance of oral health. Early on, Elma realised that treating symptoms is the most common approach that dentists and doctors take now to tackle illnesses. Convinced that there must be a better way, Elma embarked on a remarkable journey to explore complementary diagnostic and treatment methods that offer a whole person approach. Over the years, Elma has witnessed firsthand the damage that poor nutrition and toxic dentistry can do to a patient's health and the transformational changes that happen once they get it right. His main goal is for his clients to be in charge of their own health and well-being and to raise their awareness about the influence dental materials and treatments can have on their overall health. Dr. Jung is a qualified holistic dentist with the German Association of Holistic Dentists, a doctor of FX Mayer Medicine, and a German naturopath. Welcome to our show, Elmer. It's fantastic to have you with us. Hello, John. It's an absolutely pleasure, and thanks for having me with you. Let's start, let's start off in the deep end. Nothing's coming out right. We'll try and get it right from now on. Let's start at the deep end. How important is oral health? I think oral health is a very, very, very important part. And I think it's very much underestimated, underrated in terms of the whole medicine, because we have a lot, some say up to 80% of, for example, chronic diseases that could origin or at least be triggered by problems in the mouth. And the mouth, there are different areas where the problems can then be happening. So yes, absolutely, to answer your question, it is a big, big issue. And the oral health, I mean, it starts in the mouth and it ends where the poop comes out. Yes. Because that, that is the whole area of digestion. And yeah, as I said, it starts in the mouth. So how can it be a problem if people brush their teeth? That's, most people brush their teeth maybe once or twice a day when they get up and when they go to bed. Is that yeah, good? it's a good idea to have a really good hygienist or hygiene or hygiene so that you clean your teeth and every single tooth appropriately. However, the main important thing is not only the hygiene, it's about what you feed yourself because that is actually what determines your health. And there are lots of people who don't brush their teeth properly but they have a really good health and they don't develop decay. Because the, the real issue with tooth decay, for example, is not the bacteria as we are always told. Yes, the bacteria play an important part, but they are not the original problem. The problem is actually our diet. If our diet or stress, for example, limits our digestive system and we have a problem there, then the alkaline acid balance of our body gets out of balance. And Steinman and Leonardo, he or they developed, not developed, they discovered that there is a fluid flow from the inside of the tooth to the outside. So from the pulp through the dentine into the enamel, out into the oral cavity. And as long as we have a balanced life, then this fluid flow keeps going. Um, but if we're there, 
So, yeah. Within the tooth, you're saying a flow within the tooth. Within the tooth, yes, yeah, like a oh. self-defense from the body. And as long as it flows like that, then no bacteria can actually come in. It's only if you have a problem, if you have a bad diet or you are very stressed or something happens, a trauma in your life, then this fluid flow can stop or even reverse. And then when it reverses, then the bugs are brought into. So the, the bugs, the bacteria, they are just opportunistic. They take what they are given. And we have to be honest. I mean, we're a lot of bacteria in ourselves. So without bacteria, we, we just wouldn't be here. Right. It's quite an amazing concept. I never actually realized this. There's a flow through your teeth. Through yes. From, is that amazing? So there's normally like a positive flow keeping the bacteria out. Correct, yes. I mean, the, the tooth itself is, is not a stone or a, a solid structure. It's filled with miles and miles of tiny little channels. So we have the, the main channel or the main channels if there's a, a tooth with more roots, two, three, or four roots. Yes. Then we have the main channels, but the tiny little channels, they are two to three, some say even six miles long per tooth. <laughs> so, and that is where, where proteins are, where this fluid flows. Gosh. And that is also where, where bacteria can hide. Right. Isn't that remarkable? Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And so therefore, if you, if you look in, into teeth like that, then yes, you appreciate that people clean their teeth properly. However, it would be more important to educate that it's the food that they put into themselves that makes the difference. And obviously, how good is their digestive system working? What, what foods are good for your teeth? Well, for the teeth, the first thing is obviously that less, the less sugar, the better. I don't think there's a, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a diet that fits all because there are, there are people who thrive on raw food. I'm not really good on raw food. I find this not the ideal uh, food for myself, but I have quite a lot of raw food with my diet. So I think it's, it's about what feels good for you and what you have experienced that can make a difference to your life. And I right. think there are, there are a couple of basic things like nowadays with the wheat, with the gluten, I don't think that's a good idea. We need to look into fats. Good fats are very, very important. So that's an important part. The main thing is, is definitely sugar processed foods because in processed foods is a lot of sugar, a lot of um, fats that we don't really want. No, no, no. I've had a um, question coming from Lucy. It's a good one. It's 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 a good timing to uh, to pose it to you now. Um, Lucy says that she's seen a lot of videos on the body's ability to replace adult teeth. Now you've just said that teeth aren't rocks; they're they're like a living organism, a living living part of your body. Yes. So can we can adults have their have their body replace teeth, their own teeth that have come out if they're healthy enough or if there's some, you know, if they're, if they're you know, is, is it possible is really what she's asking. Well, I've heard from people who have done it. I've never seen proof of it. So I myself have no experience with it. 
and I would be really, really happy to see who has done it and how they've done it. Yes, yes. I mean, that it's, since, since I started at university, I've heard that you can start regrow your own teeth or they, they will find something that they place into the jaw to regrow your teeth. But until now, I haven't come across anything that could make that into high street practices. Okay. Another thing that um, a lot of people talk about is mineralization of teeth. Where if your teeth have got, if your tooth has got a cavity, you can do yes. something to allow your tooth to rebuild itself. Oh yeah, and again, that is down to to nutrition. And Ramy Nagel wrote a really good book, uh, Cure Tooth Decay, where he points out what kind of food he recommends to do that. He came to that because his, his daughter, I think it was, had a lot of cavities. And so he went on, on this search. He's a journalist. Um, he went on this um, search and found out which foods were good. Now, from a healthy person's point of view, to, to keep your teeth healthy, I think it's important to have a um, good lot of vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin K, and obviously magnesium, because the magnesium then is important to really make the vitamin D and K work properly. Okay. Wow. Um, another um, online participant um, is asking, how can uh, vaccines and heavy metals, which would be amalgams, <coughs> excuse me, affect tooth health? Um, do they block the mitochondrial channels? Well, that's one thing that they do, and we also know that mercury has an issue or can cause issues in the gut. So yes. when the gut doesn't work properly, again, as we discussed earlier, then we can have a problem with the teeth. Right. Okay, so vaccinations, same thing? Well, vaccinations, I mean, there are really two worlds clashing here, the ones who are totally for it and others who are totally against it. The problem I think is that there are so many different things in a vaccination that aren't really helpful, like the thiomersal or the aluminium. So we are treading here quite dangerous land. Okay, um, but with regards to oral health, yes. what is the impact that a vaccination would likely have? Just on the science side, you've mentioned the aluminium. Well, I haven't had any scientific papers on that. Okay. What, what I think is, is really that when we have a, a mercury in our gut, that we then can have those problems because the mercury makes or can make antibiotics not work properly, and obviously, it makes the bacteria then go into different forms. Right. Well, now vaccinations are pretty much compulsory unless you're, um, you want to, if, you're, if you love going into battle. Um, so what can you do after the event? Is it, can you do anything to try and nullify the detrimental effects of the vaccination? Well, I'm, um, this is with regards to going to the teeth, not regards to other things, issues. With 
nutrition you definitely can do a lot and with supplementation that's for sure yes the, the question always is how does the person react to the vaccine yes. what, what do we actually see right. on the teeth and do we then put it in correlation to the vaccination okay okay so what what foods are good for tooth health what kinds of food organic food for example I think that's the, the main thing that we look into the way how our food is grown, how our food is processed and the least processed it is, the better for us because then it has all the, the goodies on it. <laughs> and, and nowadays, yeah, the, the problem is with, with the big farming, they have lots of pesticides and herbicides. Right. So they go into the water, they go onto the crop and then this is what we get, whether it's through our tap water or in the actual food, in the tomato, in the whatever you eat. That's right. It draws in all the toxins. Yes. Fertilizers, other undesirables. Right. Um, what supplements would you recommend for people who want to have good oral health? Would these be the magnesium, the... Magnesium, vitamin... D3, vitamin K, zinc, selenium, and um, boron is a very important one. Interesting. That is good for, for bone health. Um, vitamin A, probiotics as well. The, the real problem what we have nowadays is that even if you have your food all organic, then you still, from my experience, need to supplement because we, we just don't get everything from our food nowadays, even if it's organic, because there, there's not enough in the soil right. to, to get into the, the crop. Yes, I said, I, I blame my overpopulation for that. <laughs> not enough goodness to go around. Yes, it is um, a sad situation, even if you do buy organic, which means no sprays and um, poisons put on the crop. It doesn't guarantee that it's got all the essential minerals that are required for good health. You, you know, yeah, the minerals are really the spark plugs of life, so to say. Yes. So yes. without the minerals, nothing really works. And I mean, we see that when we do a surgery, for example, the patients, they really go on a two to three weeks advanced supplementation program so that we know that at least for that period of time they have those um, supplements. Ideally, when they come and have a nutritionist or health practitioner who thinks along the same lines, that is the best way to do that. And then during treatment, we have high-dose vitamin C infusions, whether that's for mercury removal or for surgery. And I think that is a, a very, very important part because not only does it help with the pain or with the healing, it also does the detox. Right. And so with all treatments, I think it's very, very important to have vitamin C infusions. And if you can have vitamin C infusions after that, Locally, there are a couple of um, providers for that. I think that's a, a very, very good thing, especially when it comes to, to winter now, just to give you a little boost 
So vitamin C, definitely very important. And then keep going with the supplements for another four to five weeks after the surgery. And that has proven very, very beneficial for, for the patients. Perhaps Especially the vitamin D3 is important, the K and the magnesium. Now, D3, would you, if you're fortunate enough, fortunate enough to live in the southern coast of England and you've got enough sunshine, would you still need to have a vitamin D supplementation? Well, I always have my clients to have the vitamin D level checked. And most of them are very, very depleted. We had one who had about 16 micromole per liter and the average where the NHSS is okay, I think is around 50. Okay. So I want more than that for the bone health because it's a, a very stressful situation for the body and you need to have a lot of those supplements there, especially if you didn't have them beforehand. So it's important to, to really go for, for full supplementation in that regard. And that's what the patients are getting, a uh, dental bone regeneration protocol to okay. make sure. They okay, so, so it's not vitamin D, but vitamin B. Is that right? Vitamin D3, vitamin D3, Delta 3. Delta 3, roger that. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. Now, um, what... Um, Okay, another question has come in. How much vitamin C is given during the infusions intravenously? How many grams would typically... Well, that depends. Um, normally, you could say 22.5 to 25 grams. And a really good ratio also is 0 0.75 grams per kilogram body weight. Okay, okay. I didn't think there'd be many doctors that provided that service, even though it's something that's so simple. I've heard instances where people have been in hospital during an emergency, a medical emergency, and they had to go to the point of demanding the um, injection, which is sad, but um, uh, considering vitamin C is, <laughs> and what is there to lose? The person's on the deathbed, so. You know, what can you do? Yeah, it has quite miraculous uh, properties, the vitamin C. I think it's, it's absolutely essential and it's cheap if you compare it to, to other medicine. Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can actually patent it. That's yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the issue. So but there are doctors in the UK and other countries that do this in other Western countries. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're getting more and more. We're a bit pioneers here. But Germany, for example, there are doctors who do that as well. And in the States, definitely. It's, it's a growing community of biological dentists, that's for sure. Because the demand is there from patients. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing how, how many people nowadays know so much about things and that is where, where Facebook groups for example the Nico group or Lime group or whatever group they they, um, they exchange their experiences so they know what's happening and yeah with the advent of the internet this is a great thing so you have far more far better educated clients to talk with <laughs> which, yeah which makes it easier in a way Sometimes it's misinformation, unfortunately. And we were discussing this just before the show where 
several good industries are being um, hammered through manipulation of search results. The um, uh, Jeremy uh, Ball asks, can liposomal vitamin C be used instead of intravenous vitamin C? Well, yeah, it can be used. And I ask my clients to go threefold with vitamin C, the oral, the liposomal, and the vitamin C as an infusion. Yes. Um, Thomas Levy, he once claimed, I don't know whether he still does that, but the vitamin C as a liposomal is as good as the vitamin C infusion. I haven't seen proper studies for that, so we'll stick with the infusions and give the liposomal on top. Okay. With the infusion, it's directly into your body. You're bypassing the intestinal tract. Correct. And therefore eliminating any chance of injury that a high acid substance will do on your oral tract. That's correct. And it's the same with the liposomal. So you have two, two dangerous two ways of yeah. going into your body. Yeah. Right. Now, what sort of things could happen if you've got tooth problems well, for the rest of your body? Well, in the early days when I started out in, and I still had my practice in, in Germany, I had a patient coming in, a 13-year-old young girl with her mum. They were booked in, and I was, I remember that at, at if it was yesterday, really. Oh. It was a, a lovely day. They sat in the waiting room, tears coming down their, their cheeks, and they didn't know what to do. And the reason for that was that the little girl, Christine, she was supposed to be locked up in a mental institution because the GP and headmaster didn't know what's going on with her. Since six months, she lost her memory, she retained water, she was treated with antibiotics, with corticoids, with all sorts of things. She had pain all over the body, her digestive oh, system didn't work properly. She couldn't go to school, she had to stay at home. She was really, really in a bad way, depressed, almost suicidal. Mm -hmm. And now they say, you need to go into a mental institution because you're a fraud. There's nothing wrong with you because no test, nothing did show anything. So nothing's wrong with you. What you're doing here, you're just making these things up to gain attention. Mm. And I mean, looking at the girl, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. And I sat her in the, in the chair, had a look when she opened the mouth, and I knew exactly straight away what was going on. She had a tiny little amalgam filling in her mouth. Now, this small amalgam filling wasn't what was the real cause, but that was the last drop into her bucket that brought it to the flooding. So her mum, her mum's mouth was full of mercury. So during pregnancy, during breastfeeding, she detoxed herself into little Christine to bring her full of mercury. And so with the father also having a lot of mercury filling, this is something that Boyd Haley once found out, that when mom and dad have a lot of mercury fillings, it's highly likely that the children have a problem with detoxing. And that was exactly what we were presented with this young little girl. So we started a, a very, very gentle detox program. 
uh, removed the small amalgam filling, and within three months, she was back to normal. Gosh. So she would have stayed in a locked-up institution for the rest of her life because no one would know what happens. And, yeah, because it's a lack of knowledge, isn't it? If you don't know where to look for, you, you just don't look. That's a very scary story, too, because there's, there would have been a lot of cases where they would have gone through the institutions. Yes. Just the removal of the amalgam and the detox regime. Yeah. So and I think, yeah, that's, that's a very important bit. It's, it's great to have the mercury fillings removed. However, because mercury fillings leak 24-7, and you can measure that, um, therefore, it's also important that you do the detox because over the years, there's so much mercury coming out of the fillings that will then, depending on where you have your weakest spots, settle in kidneys, in gut, in your brain, in your spine, in your thyroid. So yes, absolutely, a detox program is definitely very, very important. And this detox program, is that the vitamin C plus? Well, vitamin C is, is part of it. Yes. And before you can actually do a detox, you need to make sure that the patient's detox organs, the excretion organs, that they work properly. Yes. And I have to emphasize this very, very much because oftentimes people do a detox, but the kidneys don't work, the liver doesn't work, and, and their, their gut doesn't work properly. So they mobilize a lot of those toxins and then they just go around in the body and stick to some other organs but can't get out of the body so therefore it's very very important that this is done with someone who knows exactly what they are doing with a naturopath with a health practitioner gp whoever um, has experience with that so that those channels are opened up first so when it's then mobilized, that it can actually be taken out of the body. Right, right. And that's why we see a lot of times that the gut, again, is the real culprit. The, the gut, with most people, don't, doesn't work properly. And you, it's an easy test. How much toilet paper do you need? If you need a lot of toilet paper, then your gut doesn't work properly because normally you shouldn't use any. Or shouldn't need any toilet paper so that, that's a very easy way to answer this question for yourself and so therefore it's important that the gut is cleaned colonic irrigations enemas things like that are really really helpful to make sure that the stuff that sits there gets out and it's amazing what comes out i just had a couple of colonics uh, over the last few weeks and yeah it's fascinating <laughs> fascinating i've never heard that word in the same yeah fascinating because you think you, you have a really good diet you you do your detox you have your supplements you do animals and then you go for a colonic and there's still so much old stuff coming out gosh a question's come through to from jeremy again is um there are life to mercury fillings. You said that they emit mercury. Do they? Does the amount of mercury that they release uh, reduce over time? And well, yeah, it will reduce because it's not that much in it anymore. 
So after all, well, he poses the, um, the time frame of 50 years. If you've got, had amalgam fittings for 50 years, does, are they then less dangerous as when they're first installed? I mean, we had clients from all walks of life, from all ages, and when they were 60 or 70s and we tested, there was still, with a lot of them, a lot of mercury coming out of very old fillings. Most fillings, most amalgam fillings are placed when they were in their youth, and so they were in for decades, and yes. there was still a lot of amalgam uh, mercury coming out of them. So it might be reduced, but there's still a lot coming out. Okay. Mm. Okay, oral health. What sort of um, are we? Um, is it gum diseases which are which are more dangerous than tooth decay? For well, like like tooth decay, gum disease is nothing that strikes from random. It's it's something showing that fundamental problems are occurring in your body because it's not a localized issue most right. of the times. It's again something that has to do with your gut. So you need to look at, at everything. Obviously, it needs to be clarified that there is no plug, no buildups or hygiene treatment. But a, a surgery, for example, for, for gum can only succeed when the underlying causes are really addressed. And most of the times, it is something to do with, with the gut. And if we go a bit further than if you have gum problems, then you lose a bit of your um, hold in life. So you could also look into more emotional issues that could be related to that. And that's, that's the great thing again about um, tooth organ connections. So we have meridians running through the teeth. The Chinese have those meridians since thousands of years. And two Germans, Dr. Voll and Dr. Kramer, they attached teeth and um, to those meridians, which is a highly uh, interesting topic. They matched the Chinese meridians? Yeah, they, they matched the meridians and put teeth. So, for example, the stomach meridian that has the upper um, molar teeth as a tooth connected to them. And it's also connected to the thyroid, it's connected to the breast, to the mammary gland. So if, if there's a problem on this meridian, then the tooth could suffer, the thyroid could suffer, or the stomach. It's not a one-way street, it's right. either way. Right. So if you get a tooth extracted, which is a common procedure for people that are having their teeth, not enough room in the mouth for their teeth, that could affect other organs in their body. Well, well they could explain the problems up here because I've had teeth extracted. But is there um, uh, is there an association between the teeth in your mouth and and your hair on your crown? <laughs> well, well, there is definitely a connection. I mean, if if a tooth decays, if a tooth gets infected, then obviously the best method is to have it out so that the yes. sure. um, infection is gone. Mm. When you talk about removing teeth to make space, which normally happens with young children at the age of 14, 15, they say there are too many teeth for too small mouth, but actual, actually it's the opposite. It's a small mouth 
that needs to be more widened. And that could start very, very early. So what I did with my young patients is when they're six or seven, we see that the habits like thumb uh, licking and these kind of things that they are ruled out and then broaden the, um, the jaw bones. And a, a very important part for broadening your jaw bones starts very early in life, actually when you just come out of the womb with breastfeeding. So a good breast feeder has less likely a too small um, mouth when the milk is sufficiently supplied. Interesting. So that, that's a, a very important bit because the, the sucking of the nipple is an important part of developing proper swallowing and also the developing of the jaws. I wonder if that's the reason why uh, there's been an increase in dental issues because now both both husband and wife have to go to work so the baby's feeding from a, a bottle. Yes. Is that, is and, that, I mean, they, they all almost drown when they drink from a bottle because the, the hole in the bottle is oftentimes far too big. So they, they don't really learn to swallow properly. And if they don't learn to swallow properly, they don't breathe properly. And if they don't breathe properly, the sinuses aren't developed properly. So they are set up for sinus issues, allergies, asthma, all those sorts of things. So it's, it's very, very important that already... Well, it starts even earlier so that the mum gives proper nutrients to the child so that they come into this world with, ah. with a good foundation. And yeah, then the... Sorry. You go on. Oh, no. So, um, I was just going to um, pass comment that teats are quite often hard. They're hard rubber or hard silicon. And they can't be good for the mouth formation as well. The shape of the mouth must change, I guess, when they're using a teat. On a bottle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the whole sucking process, swallowing process, with the, a normal um, sucking device doesn't work like the the nipple. Yes. Wow. So very I, important for young mums to I make sure they. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew that um, breastfeeding is good for the antibodies being passed from the mother to the child, but there's so much more. And this thing, you, 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 you're stuck with, a, with, your, with your mouth for the rest of your life, a certain way, formed a certain way because of the way that you drank your milk. I never knew yes. that. It's, it's absolutely gobsmacking. <laughs> it's important. Why don't more oh, people- Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is. Well, unfortunately, we don't get told that at university like we, we hardly ever, I think, I don't really remember that we had more than a few hours of nutrition, if at all, which is the basic or the foundation of real healthy living. No, nutrition goes against um, the, the, the business models of various industries. <laughs> but... Um, and I was thinking when you're talking about the supplements, how before surgery you give them the um, intravenous C, and you no, know, uh, that that goes during the surgery. The vitamin C goes during. During the while surgery. I do the surgery or the amalgam removal, they have the infusion. 
and they have a supplementary uh, a supplement uh, regime beforehand. Yes. I was thinking if they did the regime a few years prior to this, they wouldn't be having to lie down and have these bright lights shining on them and someone with a sharp knife just hovering above them. <laughs> well, it could well be because then, for example, with um, fatty degenerative necrotic jawbone infections, also called cavitations, um, they sometimes happen when the teeth are extracted and it doesn't heal properly and not healing properly could actually, as you just mentioned, be that they are not sufficiently supplemented with the, the proper nutrients. Absolutely. Right. Right. What role does emotion have? You've, you touched on this just a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. and, and what kind of emotions and how can people encourage that type of emotion in, a, in an environment which just steams of um of um conflict okay i had a few patients who had to come for surgery a couple of times for capitation surgery we did two three surgeries in the same place and it never really healed once they addressed their emotional issues in that from that area so let's say you have um, a large intestine a molar on the lower one of the big uh, teeth so that is connected to the large intestine yes and one one of the emotions for the for the large intestine is letting go so looking into that what what is going on um, in your life that you don't let go that's a big part so they then looked into their emotional state and resolved things and we did another surgery and it healed now you can say, well, it could have been something different, but I mean, we did many things differently from surgery one to two to three, and only the fourth when they then actually addressed the surgery uh, beforehand by looking into their emotional state, then it actually made an impact. And so nowadays, I really ask them when we, before we do surgery from these areas, um, is there anything? I have a tooth chart where they can see positive and negative uh, emotions. And I don't want to know what's going on. It's just about them looking at it. And then sometimes something crops up and sometimes something comes up a bit later and sometimes nothing comes. <laughs> so, but it's very, very important emotions because in the end, what are we having? What are we looking at disease when we look from a bit of a further perspective? It's our body telling us something. Look at this. And so we probably have been angry for a long time or depressed for a long time. And then you don't resolve that. And so the body has to take more severe measures to show you in a certain area to look at that. I mean, we're, we're getting here into a totally different medicine. And I think it's, it's important to, to be open for, for these kind of thoughts. Yes. There must be a booklet that um, the SEMA experts are sharing because I think it's three or four consecutive SEMAs we've had experts say the same thing, how basically you know, it all starts with emotion. Like if you, you've got to be in the right frame of mind. Absolutely. Before the healing can really start. And you've seen solid evidence of this post-operation it's yes. absolutely i think i think you guys are trying to tell us something 
<laughs> no, it's it's really cool. And you had Renzo Celani on your show the other day, and I use his mirrors with my tooth chart, yes. where I have the emotions on and the meridians on, and kind of transfer that to the patient. So they sit on their uh, on these plates, and then I use the mirrors on those teeth, and it's amazing how much better people now heal. I had. Another client, she had always problems, was falling into a deep, deep, deep hole after surgery for a week. She's off, she can't do anything, pain. And we treated her with the mirrors and she had nothing like that at all. And just last week I had another patient and she was really, really terrified of the whole procedure. And she was one of those uh, patients who got informed about almost every single step we take, which was great. So she knew what's coming, which frightened her even more, obviously. <laughs> but then she, she really was expecting pain. She was expecting swelling yes. and nothing, nothing happened. She's really, really happy that she got rid of that tooth and didn't have to deal with all the supposed um, consequences. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely sure that what Renzo Silani developed with his mirrors with the like in zoology is, is absolutely amazing. It's and I use it in, in my health consultations as a health consultant. We run through a program there where we get rid of so much stuff in one session, in, one, in probably about one and a half, two hours. It is really great. And in the end, that should be done before you do any intervention like surgery or amalgam removal because then the body's really capable of um, dealing with that in a far better way. That's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's good to hear someone who's actually using his system because I mean he was yeah. So I'm hearing it from both angles. It's, yeah, um, it's, it's I mean I did the course in, in February and then started oh. on myself because I always do the things on myself first before I <laughs> give it to the patient. I want to know what's going on. Um, yeah, I walk my talk, so to say, and I've, I've done it. I've been there. I had cavitation surgeries and I had my mercuries out and the detox. So I, I really know what I'm talking about. And I think this is very important because then the, the client also feels that there is authenticity that you really can feel with them. You know what you're talking. You're not just, reading it from a from a script yes yes um uh, jeremy's asked a question i think we've answered this one before i just a little bit earlier can cavitations heal without surgery if other factors such as diet or emotions are dealt with the answer was a 10 uh, was a yes as well as of now i haven't seen a cavitation heal without surgery that doesn't mean oh. Uh, it hasn't happened. Um, I'm pretty sure that with the mirrors, we're on something very special there. Um, I know from Philip Molika in the States, he uses um, ozone treatment. Mm. So he brings ozone in the cavitation and he says that he can heal the cavitations with that. Well, I've done that for a while and I think it holds the infection, the inflammation there. Mm. But I don't think that if you don't remove the cause, yeah. you will get rid of the problem. And Dr. Hans Lechner from Germany, I mean, he 
is researching on that topic for decades. And he also says at the moment is the surgery. Okay. Okay. Right. The health care products which people can buy from supermarkets. Are they good? Are they suitable for the job? If you brush your teeth using toothpaste, you'd find in a, in a supermarket. Would there be well, no if they have a biological and organic corner, you might be lucky, yeah? Okay. Well, I don't think that you need um, sodium lauryl sulfate, for example, in your toothpaste. It's not necessarily you use it for cleaning the floors, but I don't think your teeth are that dirty that they need that sort of material to do the job. And actually, you don't really need toothpaste at all. Toothpaste is a great thing to give you a better taste in your mouth and you have the feeling, yes, I've done a good job. But actually, you could do that without. And there's a, a really fantastic toothbrush, the blocking brush, that uh, works totally without toothpaste. And it works like when you uh, look at a painter and he has his oil painting and he has too much oil on the canvas, he kind of blots on the, on the canvas, so removes the oil from it. And in that way, the blotting brushes work. They have split ends and they suck the, the debris from the teeth. They were developed by a dentist in the States, Dr. Phillips, and he had uh, fascinating results with his clients. None of his clients had to go or undergo surgical treatment for their gum problems. They all kind of blotted their problems away with the blotting brushes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. There's still a, a video of him on YouTube. I think um, Tooth Wizards, Tooth Wizards, they, they have the video. Um, and that's also where you can get the blotting brushes. Um, it's a very old video from the, I think, 1960s or something. But he explains it so really understandable. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Really? And so, so yeah, you, you don't need toothpaste. So blotting brushes aren't new. It's an old technology. Oh, I mean, Dr. Phillips actually got the idea of blotting brushes from an Indian tribe where he went on holiday or something, as he explained, and they used these twigs um, from neem trees. And he thought, oh, if they get it out with that, I can try that with a toothbrush. And so he developed the blotting brushes with that kind of technique in, in mind. So it's blotting B-L-O-T-T-I-N-G. Yes, correct. Blotting brushes and toothwizards.com. They sell it. Okay, well, that's two things for us all to Google afterwards. And they uh, have the, the ones, the big ones and the small ones. I like the small ones because you can get in any area that you like. And the small ones obviously are more suitable for children. I assume that you still need to use dental floss for your teeth. Is dental floss a good product to use? Well, if you do it properly, it can be of help. You, you just need to be very careful that you don't force it into the gum, then it does more harm than good. And Dr. Phillips actually said, if you use the, the blotting brush properly, then you don't need a floss. And there are already studies out from universities that they say 
the um, the floss is overrated. Interesting. So yeah. they say. You've heard so that. They say. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually amazing. Blotting brush. That sounds so incredible. You just dab it on your teeth. Yes, you just dab it and you suck it out or rinse it under the the sink. I I just suck it and and swallow it. Oh, it's goodness, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the bacteria are there anyway. You just get get away with them. And the good thing with the blotting brush also is you can do it on borrowed time, so to say, because you can just sit in front of the telly or when um, reading a book, you just blot away, and you don't really have to stand um, in front of the mirror over the sink like you have to do with the toothpaste. Carmela Walker has joined us. I wonder if you would yeah. join us. She's she's another she's a, a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> she says you can buy them in Australia, Queensland, for five ninety five. I'm definitely going to get one. Definitely going to buy one. Yeah, I was going to ask you, is it just an American thing? Because I've never heard of it. Great, yeah. <laughs> now, um, if you have mineralized toothpaste, do the minerals do good to your teeth? Do they get absorbed by the teeth and make your teeth stronger? We've all seen these animated advertisements <laughs> for the uh, the all-time health product fluoride, making your teeth strong and uh, and healthy. <laughs> well, we're skipping over that little detail. Um, can minerals be absorbed by the teeth? Well, if the teeth are not solid organs, yes. absolutely, they can absorb things. Okay. I think the, the more important bit is that it comes from the inside through the bloodstream, that the blood is saturated with those minerals so that it can give it from that perspective. Because what we said previously with the self-defense, with, uh, with a fluid flow yes. from the inside to the outside, as long yes. as that works properly, then obviously nothing could come in. Right, right. Are there any foods that you can take, which, or, or sorry, foods which you when you consume, blocks up these channels? It blocks up. Well, I would say very sweet ones that stick to the tooth. Right, right. Okay. Okay. Which, of course, is very conducive to plaque and decay and acids. acids. Yeah, and, and again, then, if you, if you have a healthy alkaline acidic balance, then it doesn't really make much difference to the tooth because it has its self-defense up and so the tooth is protected. Right. I think we've covered all the bases, haven't we? We've, we've done the blotting brush, which is amazing. I'm definitely going to buy one if I can. Um, yeah, they, they are really good. When, when people have a crown put over their tooth. Yeah. Are there long-term health repercussions as a result of that? Well, it depends on many things. Depends, A, how much tooth has been removed to place the crown, because the more tooth material that has been removed, the more likely is that the tooth gets a trauma from that, and in the worst case, it dies, needs a root canal, Gosh. or taken out. Yeah. Then the other thing is, um, does the crown fit properly, or is, are there gaps? So that secondary decay can develop. Right. That's the thing that is important on the tooth itself. Then mm. what material is the tooth 
crown made from if it's a metal nowadays i think with all the the uh, emfs coming more and more onto us i think it's more and more important to have a metal free mouth also if you have for example amalgam fillings and metal crowns then you have a battery in your mouth so there will be a battery or a current flowing from the amalgam filling to the more precious crown right. through through the, your saliva and that is why why some people taste this this metallic taste as nothing else than tasting the the metal out of the mercury fillings towards the the crowns and what we also sometimes see is a tattoo around the the precious crown nothing else than a tattoo of the mercury that came out from the filling and now being placed in the gum oh, there oh my god well, that's pretty positive isn't it the mercury is yeah. the mercury is moving yeah gosh that's scary that's incredibly bad well that's worse <laughs> if you have a mercury filling and you have a dead tooth then the dead tooth produces mercaptane and the mercaptane will then be made into with a mercury uh, from bacteria into methyl mercury which is one of the most toxic substances on earth so yeah well bacteria is in everybody's mouths so wouldn't that substance be in everybody's mouths if they have amalgam to certain to varying degrees yes that's correct but not everybody has a uh, root canal treated tooth or a dead tooth okay 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 so it's a combination of those two but i'd say a lot of people would that's correct wow <laughs> well we get, we're getting um close to the end of the seminar i'd like to think have things on a positive note at the closing i'll, I'll just put this other question to that uh, carmen has asked um um, now, I'll, I'll read it to you verbatim. She asks, yeah. uh, Dr. Jung, uh, please correct me if I'm incorrect. Is not the, do, uh, the tooth enamel clear? When the body is becoming healthy, then the tooth pulp becomes white again. The tooth pulp? Pulp. I always thought the tooth pulp was red. Yes, that's, it is red because this is where, where the... Where the blood vessels right. are the nerves and the lymph. And the enamel is clear, but that's the very, very outer shell, isn't it, of the tooth? And you've got yes. I mean, people have different colors of their enamel. And yes, he is right that when the tooth is more healthy, then it can go back to the original color because then the tooth also detoxes. Because and that's that's what I've actually seen when I did oil pulling for a couple of months. I think I did it for three or four months. Yes. My tooth shade actually got at least two or three shades whiter. So the the tooth, uh, the oil pulling pulled the whatever um, was clocking up the teeth there, pulled it out, and the teeth got whiter. Obviously, wow. I stopped, and then it got yellow again but that that showed me that it works so and what it's oil? an easy way to do it it is what oil did you use at that time i used sesame oil nowadays i probably would use because it's always well that's what a lot of people say it's better to use the coconut oil 
Okay. Okay. I love sesame oil. <laughs> yeah, it has a lovely taste to it. Oh, it's fantastic taste. They make they make their own sesame oil here in the farms in China. My the family where I am, and uh, they they grow sesame and they they reap the seeds. They whack, whack them out with long sticks and um, roast and extract the oil. It's, it's an amazing. Um, oil. I mean, that's the thing with making um, something your yourself. When you just mentioned that you can do your your own toothpaste, for example, you use a bit of baking um, soda, put some hydrogen peroxide in three percent hydrogen peroxide, a couple of drops, and Celtic sea salt. If you want, use some essential oil, and you have a fantastic and very natural toothpaste. And it'll be quite cheap, wouldn't it? It's not not very. Oh, absolutely, yes, very cheap. The other thing is you have to disinfect your toothpaste. So buy a big bottle of hydrogen peroxide, best food grade 35%, and then put your toothpaste in that, leave it in for a few minutes and then rinse it. That kills bacteria. And once you have been ill, just swap your, tooth, uh, your toothbrush. Yeah. And you should change it anyway every I would say four to six weeks if you don't clean it. Yeah, I change my brush every two years whether it needs it or not. That's right. (laughs) 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 Well, there are families who share toothbrushes. So (laughs) that's right. It's more the mileage is more important rather than duration. Yeah. (laughs) Jeremy's asked the question um, are oral irrigators effective? If you use them properly, I'm not a big fan of them because a lot of people start misusing them, which means that if you have an irrigator, you need to make sure that the beam of the water, that this goes parallel through the teeth. You do not point it down into the gum area. If you do that, A, you could destroy the fibers that hold the Um, gum to the tooth and also you push down bacteria food debris and all sorts of things so use properly it is a helpful thing i have never propagated it okay okay great okay um can you think of anything positive to say yeah i think that everyone really has the capacity and also the determination to do things right and with with information that is out there information that we provided here on the talk or what they can get from my little book shut your mouth and open wide you you get an understanding of the connections how everything is interrelated that we are a network of organs that everything what you do on your toe has a repercussion somewhere else in your body and i think as soon as we understand this kind or yeah, get uh, get used to this kind of thinking that it's not still the Newton thing with cause and effect. It's the the, the human body is far more complicated, and we're nowhere close to to really know everything that's going on. So by embracing this kind of thinking, I know that a lot of people will embark on a journey that they will become healthier and. The, the information is there, the, the doctors, the dentists, the practitioners are there, they're, they're waiting for you to come. And the dentists, doctors who aren't open to that, I think 
the patients will, will just go to the ones who offer those services. So it will come from the patient that we get a even further paradigm shift in that. It will not come from, from the practitioners because if you've done work for decades, you will not on your last 10 or 15 years change. So you need to be open to that from your personality point of view. And then you will go with your patients, go on that journey. And it's, it's a constant learning curve. Uh, things you haven't done five years ago and other things you, you will probably never do. So it's a discovery journey for us as practitioners as well as for the patient and it's always important to to look into it from a point of view what does my body my my soul or however you look at life want to tell me with what i'm facing at the moment mm, mm, mm. i noticed that book in the background that's a title shut your mouth is that your book that just that's my book yes occasionally thrown on the back shelf facing the camera <laughs> That's great. great. Shut your mouth and open wide. It's 120 pages and very easy written and you get a good overview and an idea how this connection works. And yes, I mean, it's, it's a really good one. There are a couple of others, toxic dentistry exposed from my colleague and friend, Gray Munro Hall. And that goes into far more specifics. So if you start with shut your mouth and then go to that, that's probably a, a really good uh, progression. Then obviously there's the root canal cover-up from George Meinig, who brings up what um, Western R. Price discovered in the 1920s. And he wrote the book, Nutrition and Physical De Degeneration. I think those are, so to say, my Bibles. Yes. In, in terms of basics of good dentistry and good nutrition. Right. That's right. It all starts from the mouth. <laughs> it all starts from the mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. Is there any website that people can go to if they want to learn more? From Yeah, my website is www.dr, that's Delta Romeo hyphen Elmar, Elmar is Echo, Lima, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, hyphen, Jung, that's J for Julia, Uniform, November, Gold.com. Great. And there's also a tooth chart on that website on the top. And so you can have a look if you know you have a root canal treated tooth or you have a tooth that causes any problems. You just click on the tooth and all the relations or a lot of relations with those uh, meridian with this meridian comes up and so you can see if there's anything in that meridian pathway that bothers you as well. Yeah, it's not just a coincidence that things happen after you've had tooth surgery. If there was a choice between a root canal or tooth extraction, this is a final, final question. Oh, look, um, oh, this person's asking how to read a tooth chart. Um, I wanted to have the last question. Um, are tooth charts easy to read? Yes, it's okay. photos, so you don't have to read a lot. You just watch and look at the pictures. And, and it says which side is, when it says the left, does it mean like your left? It's always the patient's. Or on the patient's perspective? 
Yes. Okay, great, great. Okay, I've often wondered that. I better start driving on the other side of the road then. <laughs> a choice between root canal or tooth extraction. What, yeah. what do you go for? Well, it depends. You need to see how good in health are you. Yes. So the problem with root canals is they are always giving up toxins. So yes. I personally would never want the root canal, or if I had one, I want it out. However, there are circumstances where this is not possible for the moment. And so if the person is in, in good health, they will, and I say this, compensate. But how long can they compensate? That's they can right. compensate and long the bucket fills and then That's right. no one might think of that root canal treated tooth anymore. So for people who suffer from any kind of chronic diseases, I would definitely have the root canal taken out. And the reason for that is the experiments that Weston A. Price did in the early 20s last century. He implanted, for example, um, a root canal treated tooth from a patient who had rheumatism. Um, and the rabbit developed exactly that kind of disease. So he implanted the root canal treated tooth under the skin of the rabbit and the rabbit developed that disease. That was the source. That was the, well, that, it just shows, not necessarily what is the, the, the source, but it shows that those root canal treated teeth gather these toxic elements mm -hmm. and are then a, a reservoir yeah. to poison your body on an ongoing basis and that's why i say if you are healthy yes you might compensate those but they will never be good for you they might be good for reasons that you can put a, a bridge in or whatever but from a overall health point of view i think the root canal needs to be looked at with far more scrutiny right right and of course, some are maybe fit and healthy when they have the root canal done, but 20 years down the track. Exactly. Yeah, that's, oh. that's the point. And we need to bring more awareness of this network thinking so that, because a lot of times people say, well, but I don't have any pain. It's not swollen and I don't feel anything wrong. Right. Absolutely, you don't. But that doesn't mean that there is nothing going on. That's why we call it silent inflammation. Right, right. And there, there's a, a really good machine that has been on the market for quite a while, the Cavitat scan. Unfortunately, it's not produced anymore. However, Dr. Johann Lechner in Germany, he has now developed a new machine, not yet on the market, but hopefully will be soon, the Cavitao. And we can very clearly uh, determine the density of the bone so we know when under when there is a low density under the root canal for example we know there is an inflammation infection going on the bone has lost his density and mm -hmm. if you have that then you know when you take the tooth out for example you shouldn't put a an implant in straight away if you're on the side of implantologists um, however it, it shows you exactly where those um, problem areas in your bone are so that's that's a fascinating method of determining and it's it works with with an ultrasound so there's no radiation with that 
So that's a, a, a really, really good thing to know and to show patients that there is a problem going on. Something else is the Orotox test. The Orotox test is a, a very, very simple test where you have a paper point and you bring the paper point between the tooth and the, the gum of the tooth and the paper point then sucks up the fluid that surrounds the tooth and you leave it there for a minute or two and then put it into a, a special solution and after five minutes you can check how toxic is that tooth and most of the times those root canal treated teeth are high or very high toxic so that gives the the patient an idea with what he's dealing because otherwise he would just have to rely on what you tell them and if they actually see oh wow yeah it is really really toxic then that gives them a better idea in in their decision making um, in an attempt, vain attempt, I should say, at being the last person to ask a question, Jeremy's <laughs> he's asking, 3D x-rays, are they better than, he's written caveat scans. I've never heard of caveat scan. I uh, probably, caveat scans. Does he mean CAT scan? CAT 3D x-rays. No, I think he means cavitat scan. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, as I just said, the cavitat or the cavitao, they determine the density, the bone density. Yes, yes. So, we often see that the x-rays don't show anything. It's, it's just our experience looking at the area that we suspect there is something. And a lot of the times, then, we find huge cavitations. And this is where the cavitat scan, uh, he writes it there, cavitat scan. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, the cavitat scan is in that regard far better okay. than the CT scan. The CT scan has their um, properties and benefits, but for for that particular issue, the yes. cavitat, the cavital, better. Okay, yes. great. And Kamala's, um, <laughs> we're trying to stop the summer. The, um, Kamala, um, she's, um, is she correct in assuming that the body is capable capable of absorbing fungus and is capable of regrowth and reproducing like a garden? It's actually a nice way of thinking of it, isn't it? Like a garden, but it's... it's... Well, I think we, we humans have huge potentials. We just don't know how to tap into them. So, very slowly. Yeah. I think if we wait another few thousand years or something happens to us, then we, we get all our capacities and then we can do everything with our bodies. I'm, I'm, I'm certain to that. However, at, the, at this moment in time, we're a bit limited still. Yes. And your example that you gave with the uh, tooth transplanted into the rabbit or to the rat. Rat or rabbit. rabbit, yes. Rabbit. And um, the, the, uh, the toxins were then transferred from the tooth. So the reservoir of the uh, toxins was the tooth. Yeah. And the, the, re the really interesting thing was they then took that tooth out of that rabbit and implanted it in the next and the next. And they had to implant it into 35 rabbits until there wasn't that reaction. So there's a lot of toxins in one single tooth. A lot of toxins. Wow. Okay, we'll call it a day. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. Well, it's, it's great, you know, when there's people 
with our with our um, with our participants participate and ask these questions because um, yeah, it's great, absolutely, and that's what makes a seminar. And, and, and this particular one's been very, very um, insightful. That you, you've dropped a few bombshells. There's a few things I've got to look up now. And, and yeah, it's this blotting brush. It's a must-have. <laughs> I think so too. And I, I recommend it. I even have it on my uh, questionnaire. Do people know about blotting brushes? No, no. All we hear, all we know, is these brushes with bristles. Yeah. Oh, there, there's there's one more thing. I think that's a. That's a pretty big bombshell. Um, I've heard from a colleague from Germany. He is doing a lot of infrared, or did, he has now retired, um, infrared photography. And he did infrared photography when people used electric toothbrushes. And it looked very, very bad. So the bone changes as if there is an infection and inflammation going on after they brush their teeth with a with an ultrasound toothbrush. Ultrasonic or ultrasonic, yes. Only ultrasonic, ultrasonic not the rotating bristle ones. No, no. I don't think they do much, but the ultrasonic, yeah. And of yeah. course the ultrasonic, they're the top of the shelf toothbrushes, they're even better than the rotating ones. Yeah. Once my two years was up, I was going to change my brush to one of those. So yeah. I'm sorry. Well, get the blooding brushes. <laughs> <laughs> I could brush my teeth on the way to work. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I never say it, but you could do it. Well, at least when you sit in the passenger seat, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess to um, use an irrigating device might be a little bit difficult on, on the way, way to work because they can be quite dangerous, can't they? They're quite high pressure. Well, and it will be probably very messy. A bit messy as well. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure. Very Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. You take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. bye.